GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The Minister for Business has launched the Gibraltar Enterprise Scheme. It'll see local banks grant loans to startups as well as existing businesses which have been in operation for under three years. Vijay Darianani told us that the loans would be between ten and £25,000 and on favourable terms. An England versus Spain final in the Women's World Cup is guaranteed to have an audience on the rock. Broadcaster and football fanatic Stefan Borge discussed that and also Lincoln's return leg as they fight to overturn a 2-0 deficit in the Europa League. And... Who isn't excited about the fair opening this Saturday? Jordan Lopez of Jib Media had some top tips to avoid disappointment at the family pavilion. But first, it's A-level results day. Although UK students have seen a dip in their A-level results, Gibraltar students have broken that trend with a pretty solid year. My colleague Jonathan Sacramento had the details. Hot off the press, Jonathan. The results have just uh, have just been announced. Ah, okay. Literally just sent right now. Uh, as uh, as I was coming in, in fact, it was I was waiting to come in because I knew that we needed to print these out. Uh, so uh, I mean, the the main headlines here are that uh, as we've been reporting, even though we were telling you anecdotally because uh, we were speaking to uh, some of the teachers uh, on the scene, but uh, it's a ninety three percent pass rate overall. Uh, uh, across all three schools, they're calling it like a uh, secondary school consortium, Bayside, Westside and the Gibraltar College, 93% pass rate and uh, 13 Gibraltar scholars, uh, those who have attained three A grades or above, uh, giving them the, the status of, of Gibraltar scholar. That is so impressive. It's impressive because there was a lot of concern that this year, uh, uh, because this is the first year that students have been sitting exams since before the pandemic. You will recall that during the pandemic and after, uh, they were being given assessed grades uh, based on their performance throughout the curriculum and through the school year, etc. And that's the way that it was being done. This is the first. And, and the students who have sat their A-level exams this year never sat GCSE exams because that's the year that the pandemic hit. So it's been the first... I mean, they haven't really got a one, chance One to, of a kind uh, cohort. A, yeah, uh, they haven't had the chance to acclimatise to uh, A-level or, or to exam, an exam culture. So it's been a, a very tricky year, but the teachers have actually taken this into account and have gone uh, a, a little bit further in their preparations for, for the exams. Uh, so, I mean, quite a, quite a significant year. Brilliant. And um, shall we shall we listen to some of those yep, um, who who, who uh, you spoke to a short while ago at mm-hmm. the College of Further Education and also at uh, Bayside and Westside? Honestly, a restless night, like just overthinking it. But it's I'm just relieved it's over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so tell us your results. So I got A for biology, A for PE, and B for sociology. Yeah, I got A star, B C, and I got A A A. Okay. So what's the plan now? To go to university, I'm really happy. <laughs> um, yeah. Got to my first choice, so we're ready for the next chapter. Did you all get your first choices? Yeah. yeah. Everybody happy? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Okay, talk us through your grades. I got two A's and an E star. I've got a D and E on. D is drama and um, music is E. But it's still passed really good. Two A's and an A star. Three A stars. 
Okay, and what are your plans for the rest of the day? Are you out celebrating? Yeah, off to the beach. <laughs> the beach, of course, yeah, 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 everyone's out. <laughs> going to spend time with my family and um, probably go to Gaza and then maybe just relax at home or something. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, we have the beach and we have a party tonight. So. Lovely voices there. Um, A-level results day. Jonathan Sacramento's in the studio. Uh, Jonathan, you were out this morning speaking to students. Uh, some some wonderful um, voices uh, that we heard there and uh, also to, to head teachers, no? Yes, I spoke to the head teachers. I spoke to uh, Michelle Barovich. Of course, she's retiring this year, so this is her last A-level year. Uh, I spoke to Gaynor Lester uh, of uh, Bayside School, and I spoke to uh, Michelle de Soisa from the college. But uh, first, uh, I, I spoke to uh, Kerry Scott, uh, your sister. <laughs> um, she is my sister. Keeping it in the family. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the, the director of education. Uh, and uh, I was asking her specifically about what we were talking about earlier, about it being, uh, it being the first cohort uh, that has sat exams since the pandemic. They haven't had the practice or the, the ability to hone their technique and develop examination maturity that we find comes with sitting GCSE examinations, as you know, many um, individuals in our community will remember having sat those exams themselves. So having not had that experience, schools were very mindful of preparing them um, for the, this formal examination series as best as possible, and we think they've done marvellously well. Well, we're very happy with this year's results. We have, um, we've tracked and monitored these students since they first came into school. They have come through the pandemic and we are very happy and very proud of what they have achieved. So, yes, we, good results. Uh, there are very many success stories that um, I've been able to share with uh, the young people and, and personally they, they're the ones that give you the, the greatest satisfaction when you see young people fulfil their potential and do the best that they could do. Managed to hit the higher grades, the distinction stars, the distinctions, the A stars, so really, really thrilled for our, for our students. And um, from last year, we managed as well to maintain the 100% pass rate that we, we achieved last year. So, A-level results day, we, we've had good results in Gibraltar, um, bucking the, the UK trend, which has seen a significant dip. And, uh, and, and we've heard there people doing, young people doing very well in their exams. And for some people that meant, um, you know, top grades and for others it meant doing as as good as they could or maybe even better. And, and, and I think all of that is worth celebrating after a two-year journey. Well, after uh, the culmination of, of many years of learning, I guess. No? Well, again, I mean, the I think although the mainstream media is extremely focused on results and uh, and uh, uh, there's a kind of in a way a political emphasis on results uh, at certain levels uh, across the country across the UK but i think that it's also important to acknowledge the fact that the, these are journeys individual journeys individual people and for someone who needs uh, i don't know a B and two C's to get into Bristol or, or, or whatever, you know, that is a success story for them. Uh, there are some other anecdotal moments as well. Uh, um, we heard very tragically the moment in Bayside when uh, the family of uh, the the boy who died a, a few weeks ago in a motorcycle accident arrived and everyone was tearing up uh, because, uh, you know, in, in, that would have been him coming to collect his yeah. results. So a very poignant moment and, and uh, even the the uh, the head teacher was was really welled up and and, and saddened by that.
The Minister for Business has launched the Gibraltar Enterprise Scheme, which will see local banks grant loans to startups as well as existing small businesses, which have been in operation for less than three years. What's the thinking behind it? Who is it going to help? Um, questions for Vijay Darianani. Good afternoon, Mr. Darianani. Uh, good afternoon, Jonathan. We, we heard you say that, that you were excited to launch the scheme. Who, who is it for? Well, look, this is primarily for uh, startup businesses, businesses, uh, people who want to, who feel that they have a, a good idea um, and feel they want to start up a business. And, and one of the, one of the um, uh, concerns always raised by the Federation and the Chamber of Commerce is that people find it hard to obtain finance, especially, you know, in the, in the early stages of, of launching the business. And, um, and therefore, we felt that it was important that we that we we helped in, we helped them out, uh, pe- the people who have those ideas, and that they can and that they can then obtain this finance. So, one of the most important things is, is when you go to a bank, the, the bank will ask you for collateral, and um, people t- don't tend to have that collateral. So, we are providing uh, uh, a government guarantee to the bank, so that uh, if, if there is any issue with that, then the government will be liable to pay for that. And, and do you know the rates that they're being offered at? Yes, that was one of the. Um, it was a very important uh, discussion that I had with with the banks because because I, I made it quite clear to them that you know if they were looking to if they were thinking of making money out of this out of this uh, uh, initiative that it, that it wouldn't work and and you know charging four five percent above base especially with with the base rate being so high at the moment that that people would not be able to afford it so we have agreed a two percent we've agreed a two percent two percent above base. Uh, which I think is extremely reasonable. Um, so that's more attractive than absolutely. if you just walked in off the street ab- ab- and asked absolutely, for a absolutely, and and of course, um, it's it's guaranteed by the government, which you wouldn't have uh, otherwise, exactly. and and you you, you might need uh, to to show collateral otherwise, you no, know? like you put your property against it or something, correct, or your savings or whatever else. Yes. So so it's easier for small businesses. Uh, how much can they can they think of asking for? Yes, the minimum is uh, ten thousand pounds, and the maximum is twenty five thousand um, pounds. I'd like to add one more thing, Jonathan, is that this is not only for startups because we've gone that step for, uh, ahead and said that you know we were going to we're going to help people who have who are businesses that have been operating for for up to uh, three years. So if they think that that will help them to expand their business or, or you know improve their business, we're also we're happy to um, entertain them. And this is not for, for example, a seasoned business person who already has businesses but thinks oh i can rebrand one of mine and and get a soft loan no 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 it's quite clear the 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 requirements are, are quite clear in that you know that you need, you, you need to be a startup and you need to be a business that has only existed up to up to 3 years I think that the, if I'm not wrong, the Federation of Small Businesses had been calling for this for for some yes, time. Yes, I mean, uh, as you saw my press release, I mean, I engaged with the Federation, who have been, you know, been forthcoming in in in, in different ideas, and one of them was the the actual the extended to people who, to businesses that that have um, that have been around for three years, and the chamber also have, have been calling for this. So yes, I've engaged with them, and 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 they're both very happy about the scheme. How would you characterize your relationship with them at the moment? Look, I think I've I've personally had a, a, a very good relationship with them from from day one um i come from there that is where i come from um as you know um main I, street I, trader I, I mean, absolutely very proud of it 25 years um 
and um, and, and and the government has, has an excellent relationship, has always had an excellent relationship with the chamber. Look, there'll always be differences with the federation. You know, we've had a great relationship. There'll always be differences because they fight their corner, and we need to fight ours. But uh, but but on the whole, we have an excellent relationship. Good. And um, what about with the banks? I mean, was it easy to get trusted Nervous Bank and the Gibraltar International Bank to take part in this? Yes, scheme? I mean, I mean, uh, they they understood that uh, this was um, like I explained to them. There's, there's not money to be made here. It was you know more to to help the community and to help this to help the small business community. And and like I say, without them, I wouldn't have been uh, I wouldn't have been able to. To, to you know, to deliver on this initiative, so ten to twenty-five thousand pounds for somebody who, um, you know, hasn't uh, started a business and uh, or ha- doesn't have sort of that experience, but maybe has an idea. How far could that stretch? I mean, what what sort of thing are you thinking it might be used for? Doing up a place, getting a website up and running. Yes, uh, doing up a place, a website, equipment. Um, look, one of the one of the things that uh, the uh, this person will have to do is is come up with a business plan and and and, and then present it to the bank and and the bank will then see whether they feel because I, I don't want to be involved in this. The government doesn't want to be involved in 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 saying uh, whether this person should X should get a loan or Y should not get a loan. I don't I don't think that's fair. We're not. That's not our job. That that is why I've got the banks involved. The banks have a have a strategy on how to uh, allow uh, to 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 grant a loan and uh, and and they and they will use their they will use their strategy. To, to see whether the only thing that that makes should makes it easier for them is that they they know that they have a guarantee from the government. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, you're expecting to to see uh, a fair amount of interest, I suppose, but a, a fair, fairly narrow window in which to apply. No, just uh, three weeks or three something. Three weeks. No? Yes, um, I think that um, it's a it's a conversation that uh, that I had with the chamber and and the federation is that what sort of interest would we see? And and really, they feel that there would be interest. I feel too. So. Let's see what happens in the in the, in the next three weeks, and if if we feel that we need to keep it open for a little while longer, we'll we'll happily do so. And are you expecting new businesses generally? I mean, maybe uh, supported by this enterprise scheme that you've launched, but but more generally, uh, we're seeing the the nature of trade on Main Street being challenged by online um, selling, not just internationally which is well documented but even locally you know there are more and more offerings that you can tap into via your mobile phone place an order and, and somebody locally will deliver it to you in your home within the hour or whatever um, are you expecting that Look, uh, to continue i think i think uh, the online trade is, is a challenge and it's been there now for a while now i i would say seven or eight years but it's becoming even more Important. I mean, look, talking to some people in the UK the other day, and and they said how how their high streets were suffering immensely, uh, you know, because because of of, of online trade, and, and this is something that we have to deal with, and we, we need to change. Uh, we're, we're we're extremely lucky that uh, Main Street does well, uh, and thankfully, as you can see, if you walk up Main Street it's, it's, this summer, it's, it's been extremely busy. I understand that people have less money to spend, but that is something that is really out of any government's control because I mean if you're paying higher mortgage if you're paying higher more money for your electricity you're paying more money for your food you're going to save up and you're not, you're not going to perhaps spend on luxury items which is what Main Street is, is, is about so it's, it's a challenge and, and, and we need to face it and hopefully better times will come So do you think then um, that the you know that, that there'll be more ideas or would you recommend uh, somebody listening to this who thinks that they might be wanting to apply for the Gibraltar Enterprise Scheme would you um, place particular emphasis on new ideas which are uh, something different which hasn't been done on Main Street uh, I, is there I, more value I, there? 
I, I think uh, that, that is something that uh, the the entrepreneur in Gibraltar is very good at, having good ideas and new ideas. And I think I think that that's what we want. We want people to be innovative here, and you know, people to have. There's no point in going into a business where you've got ten similar businesses, and you're going to, I'm going to be the eleventh one, and I'm going to take a twenty five thousand pound loan from the bank. Uh, the, the bank might think it's not a good business plan there, and that's where they would come in. But I think that uh, there are there are many good ideas and new ideas, and, and that's what we're hoping to see. You know, uh, that can create jobs and and and. and and increase economic activity in general. And uh, if I may, because it, it sparked a thought, uh, we, we had Jean-Paul Lugaro sitting there two days ago um, uh, talking about tourism ideas on behalf of Together Gibraltar and suggesting that um, more could be done to uh, keep people in the Upper Rock for longer, that there's a lot of untapped potential there. And I wondered if we could just ask you for your view on that. Well, look, we need to see the, the type of person who tends to visit the nature reserve is, is uh, the day tripper or the cruise or the cruise uh, visitor. So they have... They have a certain time so it's not a question of us keeping them there it's a question of how much time they want to spend there because if they've only got let's say six hours so they want to spend maybe a couple of hours walking up and down main street doing a bit of shopping by the time they get up to the nature is spend a couple of hours there and head off back to the, to the to the cruise ship so it's not a question of that the government can 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 uh, can uh, keep people there for longer if you're here for three or four days then you might want to you might uh, you know go twice uh, What's the average day um, for for people visiting Gibraltar? It is a few nights, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, people who are people who are staying overnight, yes. Uh, but obviously, they're day trip. The, the majority of of visits uh, are, visitor, day are day trip. Cruise liners and 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 across the frontier. Yeah, of course, that's the difference. And, and yeah. there is a, a burgeoning Airbnb market as well, no? Which which also suggests that uh, that that there is growth there, uh, with people coming for. A, a number of nights because there, there's more there are more options yes i mean i mean we I mean, our hotels are are pretty pretty full no? um but then there's as you say this airbnb market is is huge i mean uh, we've been we've been we've been doing work on to see to see how many apartments we think that are actually on you know on this thing but uh, we thought it was initially we thought it was about 150 but we've looked into it deeper and, we, and it's more closer to the 250 mark so it's quite a significant amount because um, especially when we're looking to trying to attract more hotels and we've done so you know we've, we've got the indigo that will be opening hopefully towards next year we've got the the, the marriott that's just come in which or, is the indigo uh, the indigo me. is the one on corral road with the old yes. rbs building yeah yeah yep. uh, so we've got we've got the marriott uh, the marriott coming in um, and then we've got uh, we've seen in the Queen Cinema uh, development that the developers have announced a hotel. Um, I'm meeting them to see whether what type of hotel they want to bring in, so that if the government can assist in, in because I've got a few brands that want to come to Gibraltar to see whether we can offer them those brands. So look, there's interest in the hotel. So if we're certainly going to have three or four more hotels. That shows that we can increase we can increase uh, overnight stay, which is very important. For and us. we've seen that the UK interest rate, um, uh, sorry, the UK inflation uh, rate come it's down, um, which which presumably means that Gibraltar will follow suit in the coming months. In short, are you expecting now an exciting period for business in Gibraltar? Look, I, I think Gibraltar has has the potential in, in in Gibraltar business is huge, and and you can you can see it always. Look, that that people are not spending more money. We understand that, but that is that is hopefully it'll just it's a temporary thing. Inflation coming down is is excellent news. We would like to see obviously uh, interest rates come down so that people have more disposable uh, income because if you are you at the end of the day the first thing you want to pay is your mortgage and your food and your clothes and you know the essentials and then the luxury. So it's, I I think that Gibraltar has a bright future. 
Uh, cruising is going up next year. There are more cruise ships expected next year. Hopefully we'll have, uh, as you can have seen, Heathrow has extended flights. Uh, there was an article in the in the UK press saying that we have record, uh, record uh, passages going through Heathrow to Gibraltar. So this is all positive news. Vijay Darinani, Business Minister, thank you and best of luck with the Gibraltar Enterprise Scheme. Exciting World Cup happening, and and, um, and let's start with with um, with that tournament, Stefan. Which we know, given that you're such a, a football fanatic, and given that you had a few days off because <laughs> you know, as somebody who listens to the breakfast show every morning, I know that I heard Robin's voice on a number of times in in the past week or so. Um, you, you've been able to enjoy more, yeah. more than you might have. Well, no? just to clarify, I haven't taken time off just to watch the Women's I, World Cup. I, I, I didn't, I didn't but, put that. I, I was thinking it. But, but um, seeing as I did have a, a couple of uh, rest days, um, uh, given the Women's World Cup has taken very, place... Very well earned, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, taking place in New Zealand and Australia. They're, um, I guess, unsociable hours, perhaps, for us um, nine-to-five workers this this side of the world, if, if you want to watch the games. Um, so I did catch the semi-final yesterday, and it well, I was really 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 impressed with England's performance actually um, they beat Australia 3-1 in the end a couple of uh, fantastic goals I was going to say the quality of the yeah. goals in yeah. this World Cup has been outstanding it really has um, Sam Kerr for Australia that was a brilliant strike to, to equalise it um, at the time but yeah it was uh, it was enough from um, England's women to win 3-1 in the end that late strike from Alessia Russo has had a great World Cup she uh, plays her trade in Arsenal actually got moved from Manchester United to Arsenal this, this summer um, I, I don't know for, uh, I haven't watched Spain as many times as I have watched England I, I know uh, where both the both of them their routes to the final hasn't been completely straightforward England for example in the last 16 they had Lauren James sent off they had to go to penalties to beat Nigeria one of the questions is Lauren James who was one of the stars of the group stages will she get straight back into the starting lineup or have um, Ella Toon who scored the opening goal yesterday against Australia she filled in for Lauren James has she done enough to keep her place I mean you'd well, be pretty gutted yes, to score a, a, a semi-final yeah. cup uh, yeah. a semi-final goal in the World Cup and, and, and not uh, yeah. start the final but, yeah. but big day. It's, it is difficult, difficult decision. I know Lauren James has been one of the stars uh, and standouts for, for England her brother Rhys James who plays right back for Chelsea um, he says he believes uh, Lauren James if not already will go on to become the best female player ever in oh, the wow. history of the game, that's the, that's the word. How lovely to it's, have... it's her brother who's saying that. Yeah, but yes. yeah, he, but yeah. He, would, he would say that. <laughs> yes, but but what a lovely thing! What yeah. a lovely sort of confidence booster. Yeah. yeah. As for Spain as, as well, they 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 lost four 0 in the group stage to Japan. Um, they had a bit of a, a setback there, but still they're through to the final. It took them extra time to beat the Netherlands in the quarters. They scored a, a, a 90th minute against Sweden a couple of days ago, so it has been a roller coaster ride for them too. So it's it's going to be a tough one. I know Shania Rova, who uh, clearly knows her stuff. She reckons the Lionesses will do it 2-0. Um, who am I to, to argue with Let, that? Let's hear from her, shall we? I've said it many times here and I'll say it again. Um, having those female role models is something that is key. And then not only that, seeing the demands that it has um, currently, especially in this World Cup, is something that should really aspire girls here, everywhere. And obviously the bigger scale of a World Cup should encourage them to just keep going and you have something to definitely aspire to and dream towards, which everyone has the right to have. That's brilliant. So, yeah, so Shania Roba there pointing to the fact that this, this tournament has been pretty inspirational for young um, for, uh, players yeah. who, who I suppose uh, have never seen the women's game have this profile. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, in terms of the coverage, obviously, 
um, being based here in Jib, uh, we're fortunate enough to kind of uh, get uh, BBC and ITV, and, and all the games have been shown on on those two those two channels. So it has been um, e- easy to watch, I guess, compared to women's World Cups gone by, where maybe you have to like stream it on some dodgy stream or whatever. You know, what I mean, it's been a lot more accessible this year. <laughs> not that so I'm condoning that, that, dodgy that, streams, that, that by the way. That sounds ill-advised. But, uh, let's not get into that. Um, let, let's let's hear from one person who didn't have to uh, watch it on television because she was ap- actually at the stadium. Uh, the GFA's Women's Football Development Officer, Ariane Riso, is in Sydney as a guest of FIFA uh, and uh, and had this to say. The semi-final this evening has honestly been inc- Being in Sydney for um, the semi-final this evening has honestly been incredible. It was great to see a sold-out stadium for women's football. And like many Gibraltarians, or at least many Gibraltarians that I know, we like to support our lionesses. So it was great to see them secure their win and secure their spot in Sunday's final. I'm also going to attend a FIFA Women's Football Convention later this week, so I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, I'm looking forward to attend the, the final on Sunday where England face Spain. Lucky Ariane Riso there in Sydney for the Women's World Cup and uh, apparently she'll be able to, to catch that final as well, which, um, which we heard Shania Rova predict a 2-0 win for England. Um, uh, and and you're going with a two one. Uh, well, Kelly's going to go for two one actually. Okay, yeah, one nil. Yeah, I think like in many finals now in 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 football, it'll be a, a cagey affair. I'd, I'd go one nil England. I think Lauren James will score the winning goal and get full redemption for that red card in the last sixteen. Again, um, that would be a great story, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, I'm going to go for three <laughs> two for England with an early goal opening. You know, sort of uh, breaking down that that sort yeah. of model which we sometimes okay. see in yeah. finals where mm. both teams are quite. Yeah, um, and also just so that we can see plenty of goals. Of yeah, goals. why not? Um, speaking of goals, Lincoln are going to need a few this afternoon yep. if they can turn uh, overturn the two nil deficit that they currently have in the Europa League. How do you rate their chances? Um, well, I saw the the first leg last week in Kosovo against Balkani. Um, unsurprisingly, the Kosovan champions had the better of the game. They had more possession, more shots. But Lincoln really did create some good chances for themselves, especially late on. They lost that match 2-0 in the end. Two uh, quick-fire goals in, in succession. I think the 59th and 63rd minute. So it was just a couple of uh, minutes. Not much in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lapses of concentration. That There it goes. I have spoken to um, Lincoln's president, Dylan Viegas. He's quietly confident, you know, that they could do it today. I think, judging just from watching that first leg, um, it's a completely different story as we've established before, as we've mentioned before in Gibraltar. Um, Lincoln, Redims at home are a completely different prospects to travelling away to Kosovo for uh, many reasons we've, 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 we've mentioned numerous times. I think given the score is 2-0, they will be on top of the game. Balkani will maybe uh, and perhaps and maybe not sit back completely, but they'll be happy for the score to remain nil-nil for as long as possible. And I think that could play a little bit into Lincoln's hands. <sighs> let's, let's, let's hear from Carl Kenton. Okay. Preparation is going well. A lot of tactics being done behind the scenes in training. A lot of strength work as well to make sure that we get to the game at 100% fit. Very excited and very motivated to get this uh, this achievement completed because obviously we've done it before and we really truly believe that we can do it again. And you can see in training that the players are very motivated, very fired up and, and yeah, we're going for it. 
Lincoln Football Club's Kyle Clinton speaking to Radio Gibraltar just a few minutes ago. You can't question Lincoln's belief. No. Eh? They, they, they always have it in them. Yeah. They think, yeah. you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're a positive sure. mindset, yeah. which is half the battle. Yeah. We wish them the best of luck. The Gibraltar Fair starts this Saturday and once again the Family Pavilion will be providing entertainment every night of the week. Uh, Jib Media's Jordan Lopez is here to tell us what we can look forward to. Jordan, lots of months, I suppose, of preparation and you're almost there now, no? Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a lot, a lot of months. We've been working on it. You know, when the fair was it was still raining and stuff, so you, you always think, oh, and then you can suddenly end up, it, it's the week and we're now getting, everything's coming together. It's a massive project and it does take a lot of people to make it happen. And it's one of the events that people really like in Jib, you know, it's one of these things which you, everyone goes to, like everyone's, is children, adults, everyone's been to a fair before and, and people enjoy it. I mean, you can just see by the turnouts every year that every single night, all nine nights, the fair's absolutely packed. No, you always think, oh, it's going to take a dip today, but it doesn't. <laughs> It's the, always the, the fair is packed and the family pavilion, pavilion is packed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I, I ate there last last year once, but I, I remember one night thinking I've left it too late because <laughs> we turned up and, and my children were hungry and and, and <laughs> it's impossible. And, yeah. yeah, and yeah, we've we've tried to add as many tables as we can, but we already have uh, nearly 150 tables, which you can understand is a pretty massive operation. Uh, so we do try and go as quick as possible, but it is really really popular and people love to enjoy it. It's a nice experience, you know. You go to the fair and you do the whole thing, you know, and as Gujanitos, you like to do the whole thing. No, you go, you eat there, you go to the rise, and you have the shulros, and you do everything then. So it's a, you, <laughs> you go to bed feeling really exactly. Fun. People, <laughs> I'm really tired the next morning, but it's all worth <laughs> it. Doesn't matter. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, I didn't mean it at all as a comment on 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 how the kitchen is run, which by all means seems to be very efficiently, but it, uh, it's a big challenge, though. Yeah, a massive to, challenge. To cook massive for challenge. That n- number of yeah, I mean, people. You know, we we do try. We are uh, our team is. Th- 35 people to make that um, pavilion work which is a pretty high number even for Gibraltar's catering standards so you know trying to deliver so much food for so many people at that time is sometimes complicated so we've come up with all sorts of ways of how to run the kitchen how to run the operation so that's why we introduced the online ordering which has really helped for people to not to have to queue so much So and it does give you some sort of indication of time and stuff so so yeah we always tell people if you want to you know if everyone in Jib likes to go and eat at the same time it, it, <laughs> did, it did feel very 2022 last year when I placed my order on the phone. It's not just sort of, you know, we're getting more and more used to ordering stuff. I was just mentioning to to the Minister for Business, Vijay Darinani, that nowadays there's more and more options to buy things on your phone in Gibraltar. And people welcome it. You know, I think it gives people, you know, sometimes it's it's nicer for you to have that option to just sit down and, and, you know, look through the menu tranquilo, you know, and not have to be in a queue and then remember, oh, what was he going to order? Because one person does the order of the whole table. So that sort of has made that service a lot better and people really last year was really w- welcomed and this year we've grown on that and we also having Jib Telecom have put out um, Wi-Fi so people can also have access to um, to the internet whilst you're waiting and if you don't have any data packages or whatever Yeah, but there's no need to wait until you're actually there, no? Because it's not like a restaurant where you, you'd walk in and, and see like maybe it for seafood lovers like the, the different <laughs> yeah. uh, lobsters you don't need yeah. to wait to see the food no. you, you can look at the menu beforehand absolutely, absolutely. and order before and there's a exactly. better chance of getting the food at the time that, exactly. that sort of more or less absolutely, works, absolutely, yeah, because it is large volume of people that you're catering for. Uh, and and what about on the entertainment front? Because there are a lot of dance groups, a lot of yeah. performers in Gibraltar. How do you go about choosing? Well, really, the way we do it, it's probably the most eclectic mix of entertainment you will ever see. But uh, it kind of works. Why <laughs> I don't know, but it does. But because, unmistakably Gibraltar, yeah, abso- absolutely. And we've tried to make it that 
for a reason, you know, because we do get different types of people during the day. You know, at the very beginning, we get more families with younger children. Then we get um, older people with older teenagers and then slightly older people later on. So some of the days, we, you know, we start with maybe some of the dance groups and we go into a band. And then we're, maybe we have uh, someone like Tiffany Fatadi at the end of the night just singing out some bangers at the end, just uh, while people are having a drink and just enjoying themselves. And people like to stay there. So it's, it's something that we, we try to just have entertainment, even though it's not maybe the main focus of the fair, but it's a good compliment, you know, to the whole experience. You know, we're going to go and have a drink and you've got some great local bands we've got loads we've got Mantra um, Adrian Pizarello um, singer-songwriters of all sorts uh, dancers and yeah we just try to encourage as much local performers to perform with us we always put an outreach program um, obviously some weeks ago to mm-hmm. people to reach out to us and if you reached out to us you're definitely on a lineup because it's a, it's, a, it's a nice platform as well you know we take it seriously but it's also you know we it's, need a, to, fairly it's a fairly relaxed atmosphere and, I, you know, it, it might, might not be relaxed for, for because you've got some young performers yeah. for whom it might be a really big deal it, it, sometimes uh, it's the first time that they've done then they've performed you know in a public place with so many people and, and you know people do turn up in big numbers you know for for this event especially for some of the more variety show night based oh my goodness so like the, the dance ones when you've got like a, yeah. a large number of dancers <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like it's a, yeah and you get mayhem <laughs> we always have like a but it's you know the beach uh, the beach videos that you see the hotels where people run towards the hamacas we have the same at the fair at 7 <laughs> o'clock we have to like keep people back we're like no till 7 and then at 7 it's like wow so, so at 7 o'clock food service starts yes. and, and, and the shows don't start until 9 but That's people right, yeah. are there from 7 absolutely. o'clock to get there the from, yeah absolutely so we don't have any, any music any lights until um, 8.45 um, to keep in line with the remit from uh, from the from the government with the no lights and no music um, a sensory hour yeah. which is how, well it's a bit more it's nearly 2 hours but mm-hmm. um, so then and then it's from 8.45 we start slowly and then we sort of um, build up towards the 9 o'clock because start. To, to be fair I mean I remember taking my children um, I mean I think to a certain extent they're 8 and 4 now and they get a little bit more used to it but originally in particular if you haven't been to a fair before yeah. it, it's a very loud experience yeah, yeah, absolutely. so I think that the even even for for sort of uh, just for just for young families yeah, uh, yeah it, it's just it's a good yeah, idea I, I and think I think it's it works really, yeah I think it's a really welcomed um, initiative for everyone I mean I think it just uh, it also even for us you know because we're working then it's always so so loud that it's, it's good to you know start you know and, at, at a pace and then we yeah. gradually have the music start up and then the lights good. and everything so yeah it works okay so um, your online service has grown you definitely recommend um, people to get their orders in early yep. via how do they do online. it what do so they look just, for yeah there's a QR code and they can just go online and, and, and order it before I get to the fair yeah, if you can I just, could... yeah unfortunately you need to get that QR code first from uh, the fair from the fair so you have to be <laughs> yeah. there for the yeah, first order that's you right. have to get yeah, the you QR have to code. be there yeah okay um, and um, you've got a variety of, of uh, rides on offer as well I say you I mean the, the yeah. fair generally uh, that you've been uh, sort of uh, I think sort of even if you're looking after the family pavilion yeah. you're very close to the fair more yeah. generally so as, a, as somebody who's close to the fair <laughs> uh, what, what can you tell us about the, those rides? Well um, this year um, Gibraltar Cultural Services and the SATG have managed to somehow convince probably one of the newest rides in Spain to come to Jib so that's a, that's an incredible achievement from them because this ride is absolutely cool, brand no? new yeah it's a, it's called Experience and it's a, it goes upside down it's a flat ride but it goes upside down and does all sorts of crazy stuff if it's not for, if you don't not like for the faint yeah, it's quite an extreme adult ride which is quite strange for the Gibraltar to have this sort of level of ride so I was very surprised when, I, when Jovi from uh, Cultural Services she was telling me about the ride and I saw it come in today I thought wow you made that's, it happen that's, <laughs> you made it happen. Ride. that's quite a ride it's you know, 17 metres in uh, in length it's, it's a huge beast and uh, yeah I'm really excited to see it up. is it's, that for, for adults only though? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure what the age I'm sure it's have, it has some sort of height yeah, restriction older, yeah. older yeah. teenagers absolutely or it's probably I'm not sure
not sure exactly what the height restrictions is for that, but it's a cool ride. Like, if you go to the fair, you will see it. You won't okay, be able to miss sure, it. No? I'd like um, to see you on it, though. Yeah, well, but let's see, let's see. GBC will be there uh, Monday to Thursday with a live programme at 9pm um, every night, Monday to Thursday. So okay. so maybe maybe you'll see me making a brief appearance <laughs> at one of the nights. But um, I, I was going to ask you, Tombola? Tombola? How, how do you say it? Tombola. Tombola. Tombola de la vida. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just found myself reading yeah. a script earlier on, like last week or something, without even preparing. I, you know, we always try to read things beforehand, but sometimes you're reading something for the first time on air. Very rarely, but sometimes. Uh, in news, and um, I, and I, I, I think I might have said Tombola, and I thought, like, where did that come from? Yeah, I think some people do say uh, Tombola, but uh, you say una tombola, no? Una tombola, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing before I let you go, Jordan, um, you, you've been posting some beautiful pictures from yesteryear uh, yeah. pictures which i'd never seen before uh, uh, about the fair um uh, how many years ago more well, than 80 no yeah i mean basically i mean we've been finding some images from some sort of like a velvena type fair scenario which is dated 1913 however i'm not 1913, sure 1913 yeah, yeah. more than 100 years yeah. old so wow. so I, mean, I don't know about exact how precise it is but just judging by what people are wearing and and the and what was set up you can really tell that it was definitely definitely 80 90 years ago so it does really show how much of a of a cultural um, sort of how culturally established the fair is you know because it does have so many years of history and it's unfortunate that we don't actually see so much of it you know I've, I've really only recently found all these images and found how many fairs there used to be. There was one as well by Laguna that used to happen. So there, there are lots of stuff that, um, that has been happening with the fair, which unfortunately we don't have his, much history on. And I wish we could start to bring that up. I mean, we fa I found out just by posting them pictures that some people in Gibraltar, like they used to work in the MOD in the work set, in the wood section. They used to actually build the rides, which um, that was something which was done before in Gibraltar. So before uh, there was like the, the, before, these, yeah, touring all these uh, touring Spanish fairs. Yeah, so they used to actually build them in Gibraltar. And some people have given me names of people who built them and families in Jib that used to make them. And it would be interesting just to find out more about it, really, and, and really discover more about our, our history with well, the fair. We had the University of Gibraltar on yesterday. Maybe you can arrange a PhD with them, Jordan. Well, absolutely. I, I really hope so, because I, I hope they, I'm sure they'll be able to deliver some interesting facts about the fair, which uh, it's very wide and yeah. wide-ranging. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar, Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.